Hey, welcome to the weekly. This is the Calvary Bible Podcast, where we connect what happened at our weekend services to your real life lived Monday through Friday. I am in the booth, not with Pastor Jay, but my good friend, John Boyle. Hey, Thomas. John, happy Tuesday. You too. With all our guests, we like to ask the same question. Hmm. If you listen, listen to the weekly, we ask this every single week. Okay. What was the best thing you ate over the weekend? Ooh. That's a good... Well, Lindsay made tacos, which we have about four times a week. Mm, amen. Because we love them. And you've had my wife's guacamole. Yeah. And it's really good. So that was... I think that was the best thing I ate this weekend. But you could... That's probably the best thing I eat every week. So we were at a friend's house, and they actually mentioned a new chip that they were getting like in Portland that finally came over to Kroger. Yeah. Juanita's. Have you had Juanitas? I don't know. I'd have to see the bag. Yeah, it's like I'd a red. Like to try it. Yeah, it's a red bag, and it says Juanitas on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that helpful. That's, that sounds delicious. Anyway, we got a, we got a bag last night and made some guacamole, and it was really good. Like those That's chips good. are excellent. Um, speaking of food, I actually brought you a gift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I know how much. I I hope this is a huge, slim Jim. No, I was I was worried about your consumption of Slim Jim and Diet Coke, so I brought you some health food, <gasps> which we've been talking oh, about, man. which is some fresh ground almond butter. If this was a video podcast, yeah, or we were doing a vlog, here I brought you a spoon and some napkins so you can eat that. I would not recommend eating that entire tub of that right now, but <clears throat> I do love a spoonful of almond butter. Okay, That's so we were, another delicious thing I like to eat. We were talking about this. We're, what almond butter you buy? Because I've bought a couple almond butters mm-hmm. that I really wanted to try, and they've all been relatively okay. Yeah. The separation, don't like. Right. And you were talking about the place you go to get this. Yeah. So where is this from? Well, it's a secret. Okay. Uh, no, I get, uh, I get it freshly ground at Whole Foods. Yeah. And I just... Stick a spoon. Is this why people listen to the weekly? It's a food podcast. Okay. I stick a spoon into it and just <laughs> eat a spoonful of it oh, man. at least once a day. Okay. You that's don't have to eat it now, but I, I'm sorry I didn't wrap it. But that's okay. I wanted you to have that. I appreciate it. And I hope that you enjoy that more than some of the other almond butters that you've had. I find that to be the most delicious. Okay. I'm going to have some at some point today and we'll report back Great. on next week's podcast. I can't wait to hear on how good this almond butter is. All right. So speaking of things coming up, like my almond butter report next week, mm-hmm. what's happening at Calvary that we need to know about? Well, this Sunday is membership class. Uh, we'd love for you to be a part of our church. You know, I think it's cool. We're talking about Thessalonians and the way that an early church began and how it spread throughout a region. And one of our, you know, visions as a church is that we would multiply churches and we've Loved watching Calvary grow and new people become a part of it. So if you're interested in being a part of our church, we'd love for you to join us. You can go to calvarybible.com and get info about how you can sign up for membership class. It's happening at all three campuses this Sunday after church. All right. Good to know. So if you're wondering where Pastor Jay is, uh, women's bingo tournament in the mountains, I think. Wow. Gone all week. Cool. Uh, He'll be back next week. He's up with his family. But we're talking about 1 Thessalonians. We started a new series on Sunday. And I had the opportunity to preach online. You preached in Boulder. Zach was preaching out in Thornton. What was a, one of the big takeaways for you? We looked at the first three verses of this text. Yeah. What was something that just really stood out as you were unpacking it and as it's carrying you into next week? Well, those three words that we talked about, faith, love, and hope. And, you know, you mentioned online. I mentioned in Boulder, too. There, uh, We don't want them 
to just wash over us. Like, uh, you know, we hear them all the time. We see them on calendars. We send them in greeting cards. But they're really the defining characteristics of what a Christian is, that we're people of faith and we labor in love and we cling to hope and in the return of Christ. And we talked a lot in Boulder about how that actually is a really countercultural to what's happening in our world today. And, uh, you know, you hear those words, you might not think, oh boy, that's really countercultural. Like you're kind of a rebel if you're a person of faith, love, and hope. But I think you are. And I think that's what uh, the people in Macedonia where Thessalonica was in the first century experienced because these people were so transformed by what Jesus had done for them and accomplished for them on the cross and the message that they had heard that just everybody knew about it. They were talking about it everywhere. And that's just amazing when you think about uh, if you're a person of faith, love, and hope, like really committed to those things, you can you can just be totally countercultural. And, uh, you know, it says in Acts, the Paul, Silas, and Timothy had turned the world upside down. That's the story of the early church. Yeah, and how, th- how cool was it to think about that's what they were turning the world upside down with? Yeah. Was faith, love, and hope. Yeah. And maybe they were living in a time where, similar to us, like it's just uncertainty, fear, mm-hmm. anxiety. And you you talked about, just re- remind us real quick, what were some of the cultural themes that you see leaking into our world today that the church is actually combating with, of like we want our culture of faith, love, and, and hope to, to seep out? Yeah. What are some of the things that we talked about on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, the thing about culture is it's contagious. It spreads. And, you know, we're not, I'm not talking about like high fancy culture, like going to the theater. I'm talking about the way we live, what we do, what we know, believe, how we behave. But the things I've seen in the last year especially rise in our culture are fear, outrage, and cynicism. And the problem is if culture's contagious, we could catch those things. I don't think anybody wants to or would stand up in front of a group of people and say, when I think about myself and how I identify myself, I really want to be a person who's fearful, outraged, and I'm a cynic. Like, no one would say that, and especially not the people of God. And I think faith and love and hope in a culture that's increasingly defined by fear, outrage, and cynicism, I really think that's absolutely countercultural and hopefully attractive to people who are afraid or who are angry about what's going on in the world or just so cynical that they don't believe anything anymore. And then they see a people who are marked by those values that, you know, that could sound forth like it did in Thessalonica. Yeah. And I, you know, just my own admission, I, I have a tendency even to look at the world around me and become a cynic. Yeah. And I have to fight against that. Like I have to be actually, rooted in something else to right. produce a different culture than fear, outrage, and cynicism. Because I could be prone to that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, one of the themes of the questions that we got for this week's podcast, even the questions I was getting after Sunday, was, okay, so you took this whole text and said, look at what this church produced as a, a contagious culture of faith, love, and hope. And it all stemmed from where they were rooted. So this produce came from the church being rooted in God. So the church in Thessalonica, there's a, you know, actual congregation in a unique community, yeah. but it says they were in God, that they gave thanks to God because he was the source of the gift, and then this hope in Christ. So their rootedness in, in God himself and in the Lord Jesus Christ. A the theme of the questions were, okay, so how do I actually build roots? How do we lay down roots? 
so that that sort of culture will well up in me or my marriage or my family. Yeah. Um, what are initial thoughts for you on that? Because I think I, I can see fear, outrage, some cynicism in my own life, and I have to get my roots into God. And so how does someone get their roots into God? Yeah. I wish there were some like really hip, cool answer that seems new and exciting. I, I do think it's exciting, but it's really what I think the the people of faith have practiced for 2000 years since the church began. And that's rooting the, you root yourself in God by knowing what he says. So you're spending time in his word and, Oh, it's so helpful for me to read an alternative view of the world through God's word and see his perspective on the world, see his perspective on things that might outrage me in my culture. You know, um, we shared a verse from uh, Proverbs twenty four seventeen this week about, you know, you shouldn't rejoice when your enemies fall. I don't know how many times I see someone I disagree with and they mess up publicly and there's a little part of me that gets excited about that. And then I read the word of God like, oh, actually, when my enemies fall, I'm not called to rejoice. Like, I'm called to love my enemies. And it recalibrates me and I think helps to grow my roots deeper in God. The other one I think is prayer that, uh, we looked a little bit at in, uh, where's that? That was verse 2 and the beginning of verse 3. Uh, Paul and Silas and Timothy say, we give thanks to God always for all of you. They go on to say, we remember before our God and Father. And then they go on to talk about work of faith. But gosh, you you think about prayer being personal and in the presence of God. Like you're you know, you don't need an intermediary. You don't have to be in church. You don't need another person there with you. You don't have to go through some complicated process or routine. You're just, when you're praying, you're in the presence of God. And that helps me to not be afraid when I'm afraid to know, okay, Lord, I have, a, I have problems. I have things I don't know how to solve. I don't know what to do about this situation, or I feel like I'm not doing a good job being a husband or a father. And the Lord knows, and I can come before him and ask for his help, and I can pour out my needs, or if I'm hurting, that's, I, I love being reminded that I have access to the presence of God constantly, always. Any time I need to or want to, I can be in God's presence. I, I feel like that helps me. How about you? Yeah, I think along those lines, I opened up on Sunday in Erie, it was just kind of a personal devotional time between when we had captured the weekend service and just a you know, day later or so, having been in the prophet of Hosea. Mm-hmm. And Hosea was speaking to God's people. And he just said, this is Hosea 4, you know, the people perish. Like, you're destroyed. Your lives are falling apart. You're probably experiencing fear, outrage, cynicism because you lack knowledge. Mm-hmm. Specifically, you lack the knowledge of the laws of God. Like, you have forgotten what God has called you to, what God has said, who God is, that God's present with you. And when you have lost the knowledge of God, then our lives become like this chaotic, falling apart life. Yeah. And so just be, to be reminded, get back in God's word, to be around God's word, to meditate on it day and night, to be planted. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I think of Psalm 1. Yeah. When I think of roots and just even that, using that language of being rooted in God and producing this sort of um, faith, love, and hope, you can't rush roots. Mm. Roots yeah. are grown. Mm-hmm. And the difference I, I often think about is, you know, the the trees that I have in Erie, Colorado, so yeah. relatively newer community, 
suburbanite, you know, you're dropping smaller trees in and you're hoping they grow. Yeah. You live in Superior. Yep. Because it's superior. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And there's like huge trees, right? Yeah. And you think you can't just plant those trees. And so when whenever a tree is planted, actually its roots are cut and you get a root ball. And to help the roots establish themselves in new soil, like here's this church in Thessalonica, they have been planted now in God. It's like a root ball. And you have to give some support stakes for this tree to, you know, navigate some storms. I think that's where the community comes in, God's community to support you, his presence, his spirit to support you as you establish roots. Roots are grown over time. They just can't be rushed. And so anyone who's asking, you know, how do you root yourself in God? There's really no way to do it except for time with God over time. Yeah. It's time with God over time. Like you have to continually bring yourself before what God has said, being brought before God in prayer. Um, It doesn't just happen overnight. And I wish there was a way, like you're saying, I could say, okay, I'll get you rooted in God. Right. Like established. Here's a three-step plan. By Saturday. Totally. And it's not going to happen. It's going to be over time. So the only way to think about what's your game plan moving forward is maybe evaluating like some game film or looking back in the rear view mirror of what have you fed your life with in the last, mm-hmm. say, 12 months. Yeah. So roots grow based on the soil cultivation and the nutrition that you feed it. Yeah. You know, water, sunlight, all that good stuff. Uh, and hey, by the way, like we should start another podcast about growing green grass. I was just going to ask you about it, but I didn't want to interrupt this deep theological discussion. We can always interrupt the deep theological section because we we could edit this out if we wanted to. Yeah. But let's come back to that in a second. But nutrition of soil... And, you know, where uh, you're planting. And I just think, okay, so maybe you listen to your Sunday message 30 mm-hmm. minutes a week. And maybe you're an average Christian. You're like catching two to three weekends in a month. Sure. So let's, let's say you get 90 minutes of sermon Bible content that's focusing you. Well, what are you doing every night or yeah. every day? And you're scrolling Instagram or you're listening to popular media and they're breeding this culture of fear, outrage, and cynicism. If you're feeding yourself that 90 minutes a day, two hours a day, and you look at a week and you say, okay, I'm getting 14 hours of soil and nutrient cultivation of fear, cynicism, and outrage, we shouldn't be surprised that it's really hard for us to say, oh, we're rooted also in God because we've only fed ourselves 30 minutes a week every other week. So it's the daily overtime commitment of being with God, being in prayer, being with God's people, talking about these things, dialoguing about these things. Paul, who writes another letter to a church in Corinth, I think this is where spiritual transformation happens, and I just fully believe in it, is what Paul says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, end of it, where he says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm. And we all with unveiled faces, our, our faces are unveiled, means we can see clearly after we come to God, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Yeah. Like it's God's ability to transform us. It's God's ability to grow and produce this if we stay connected to him. And it really just happens over time. Mm-hmm. I behold and then I'm transformed. Yeah. John 15, like you stay connected to the vine and the vine dresser comes and prunes that you might be more fruitful. It's just my commitment over time grows roots. You can't rush that process. Right. One, uh, another podcast I enjoy listening to along with the weekly. Yeah. 
it, it's sort of inactive right now, but it was very active a couple of years ago called This Cultural Moment. And John Mark Comer is a pastor in Portland and Mark Sayers is a pastor in Melbourne, Australia. And they've just been talking about what's been happening in culture and, you know, how do people of uh, Jesus followers act in the culture. And uh, I remember John Mark saying, one of the most countercultural things you can do as a follower of Jesus today is for the first thing you do in the morning to not be to grab your cell phone and scroll Instagram or check Facebook, but to spend time in the presence of God, praying in his word. Just make that the first priority of your day. Like try that for a week, see how that goes and see how that helps your roots grow. And then he said, and uh, once a week, share a meal with other followers of Jesus. That's like an an amazing thing to do that will help you get on your way of following Jesus and will help you step back from a culture that might not always uh, be influencing you towards Jesus. Those are really good ingredients. I mean, you think even with this letter we pointed out that it's Paul, Silas, and Timothy mm-hmm. writing. So, yeah. you know, we remember. So they're working together in community, yeah. writing to a community. Sometimes I think we just imagine this amazing Apostle Paul, this lone ranger totally. all by himself. Yeah. <laughs> and you think, no, no, what God's doing it even in him is within community. Yeah. And those are really good ingredients. Yeah. All right, speaking of spiritual ingredients, um, we're fighting for the greenest lawn in the neighborhood, right? Yep. So this is like pause from spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to make a sign this year that says, like, my neighborhood's name you know, yard of the month yeah. and just put it in my yard. Do you feel like you're going to have it? Have I don't, you, have you put down any fertilizer yet? Oh this yeah. Year? Oh yeah. Oh, I, mean, I haven't like dropped like some carbon X yet. Okay. You uh, know, they discontinued that. I don't know. I didn't know that. I have a bag that's going to be used for the next decade because okay. like, you can only put a little bit on at a time. Yeah, You can't really buy it anymore, but you I can buy it in a different direction. 500 pounds at a time. Nice. But, uh, what, when did you put your first application down? I actually, uh, threw some down last night. Okay. I was a little late, and I'm feeling guilty about it today, to be honest with you. Did you drop the sacred malorganite? No, I got this other stuff. But I also put down some pre-emergent herbicide, so we can not have crabgrass later this year. See, everything I've learned about my grass, I've learned from you. That might not be a good thing. No, it's good, because in the middle of the summer when my grass is like bright green, and I'm feeling very prideful... I take a picture and I send it to you. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I thank that. you as like a, a as a spiritual yard grandchild. You're I like my you mentee, see. and I'm your mentor. Absolutely. Yeah, that's nice. I love having green grass and like knowing that you can actually produce this over time. And that's the, yeah, you know, talking about long game. Mm-hmm. How many seasons have you been at this? Oh gosh, I don't, I mean, I've been obsessed with my lawn ever since I had one. Even when I was a kid, my dad. Um, when he was a young man, had like a lawn mowing business. And so he took great pride in our lawn when I was a child. And so he raised me up to take great pride in our lawn. And then I mowed some lawns in our neighborhood um, for money. One in particular that was massive. Mm. This sweet older lady who lived on our cul-de-sac, she had an absolutely enormous lawn. It would take me hours to cut. And my dad always made me, we call it cross-cutting, cut like one direction, the lawn completely and then go back and cut it at a 90 degree angle from where you did the original one. What was the strategy for that besides it looks cool? Because it looks cool, I guess. Oh, okay. And so that I 
Lindsay kind of gets upset with me because she's like, you know, you don't have to cut it in both directions. It would take <laughs> half the time, <laughs> but I just can't bring myself to not cross cut my lawn and have that nice kind of cross hatch pattern. Okay. So just for our listeners that are now concerned about their grass this summer, mm-hmm. um, if they haven't fertilized, I need to fertilize. And it's going to snow and rain in the front range. Yeah, so that's, that's, a, good, that's like, a good time to put it down. You nice. don't have to put down fertilizer. I may not have yeah. needed to, because, but whatever. It, it feels like I'm doing something. Yeah. So I like to do that. Power rake? Are we, are we power rakers? No, I wouldn't do that. I okay. think that damages the turf. And I don't aerate either. And you don't aerate? No. But I spray this crazy lawn juju stuff on the grass. <laughs> That, that claims that it does <laughs> its own aeration. But I've gone way off the deep end, so we should probably move on from this topic. So there's a gentleman in my we'll neighborhood this. that I just want to go knock on his door and ask him what his secret is. You totally should. Because end of January, his grass is like Florida, Bermuda, beautiful. I don't know what's going on. Can I give you an assignment for the the weekly? I I want you to go and ask this man what he does because here's what I know about people who care about their lawns. They want people to notice it. Like I'll just tell you the greatest thing that ever happens is if this doesn't happen very often to me, but sometimes my neighbors will say like, gosh, your lawn looks really nice. Or last, last year I distinctly remember we had um, some friends over outside, socially distant, just to clarify, but My lawn looked, it was like peak lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were marveling at it. Yeah. And it feels good. Oh, I was like, you're playing some croquet. My spirits something. were lifted for yeah. probably a week after that. It didn't matter what happened to me. Someone had complimented my lawn. <laughs> so if you go over to that gentleman yeah. and just say, you have the best lawn in the neighborhood, will you tell oh, me your does. secrets? Oh, he will be delighted and he'll take you under his wing and then you can tell me what he's doing. Okay. I'll ask him. I'm like, I, I want to be your young Padawan. Yeah. Your young grass padawan. I guarantee you he wants someone to ask him about it because he spends a lot of time on it, probably. I would imagine. I mean, that's a serious endeavor. Maybe you could bring him on here. There's another chair in the studio. Okay. Maybe next week we'll have Green Thumb Roger Mm -hmm. in here. I'm sure that's why people tune into the weekly. It's it's these sorts of like real life nuggets that matter. You know, you have a new listener. No. My mom. Really? She Hi, John's like, mom. She likes to listen to the weekly yeah. and then call me and talk to me about it. <gasps> now she's going to call you and talk to you about you. I don't know. We'll see if she even notices that I'm on. <laughs> she loved last week's episode yeah. with your wives and just wanted to talk to me about that. So they, They're the best. They just mm-hmm. are. We're, we should have them back on as soon as possible. Yeah. Our viewership is declining as we talk without them. But, all right, so back to just kind of our conversation. <laughs> Bring this full circle, making spiritual mm-hmm. things natural and natural things spiritual, which is what we should all be doing. Right. Being rooted in God is what produces these things. Yeah. So the spirit of God produces them in us. Right. We, we can't manufacture them. No. We can't grow them. This this church in Thessalonica isn't, you know, encouraged and commended because of their spiritual fervor. It's what they have done connecting themselves, turning from God. And we're going to see that they're turning their life over to the Lord. This next week. So what are some things that we should have in our mind as we prepare to engage this next part of the text? We're going to pick up in verse four of chapter one and go through the end, which is chapter ended in verse 10 of yeah. chapter one. Well, I'd encourage everyone to read the, you know, probably the whole first chapter just to make sure you've got the context. There's a few themes that jump out. You know, there's this uh, theme in verse six of you became imitators of us. So, you know, I, you just think about who, 
who have you imitated in your life for good or for bad? Um, who have you imitated in your faith that's been helpful? And who's imitating you? Because um, people are. Certainly, if, if you have kids, they're imitating you. You might not even realize your friends or colleagues are or they're looking to you. You know, I, I think we, don't, we sometimes underestimate the influence that we have in the lives of others. And uh, the, that's one of the ways that the culture of faith, hope, and love spreads is just by people having a contagious life and people imitate us. All right, so look at those, those six verses, verse 4 through verse 10, and ask yourself about your life that you're living. Who, who do you imitate? Who imitates you? And then maybe take just special note of what is the church imitating about Paul and yeah, Silas and right. Timothy? Mm-hmm. And back to like our, you know, one of the original points we made over the weekend, and just I think it's worthy to bring up right here, is that Paul, Silas, and Timothy, there is a, kind of a, a good picture of a, of a cohort where mm-hmm. Paul is really you know, mentor and then Silas is his co-worker, companion mm-hmm. with him. And those two had picked up Timothy along the way to mentee. And so these are relationships that I think are really helpful to have in, in our life. And you know, they're not always there, but if they can be, it helps us is to have a mentor in our life, to have a companion right, that we're journeying life with, and then someone that we're intentionally trying to pour our faith in our life into. And so then we kind of fill that mentor role for someone else who maybe has their companion and a mentee as well. And we just share our lives with those that, you know, are, are in our like 10 years to our younger of yeah. what's it look like to be graduating high school or college or getting married or having their first kid or, you know, getting promoted at work. And how do you do that work-life balance and um, those growing responsibilities? Or how do you retire well? Or how do you take care of parents who are aging and transitioning into a, a hard season of life? Mm. We all need a mentor, a companion, and someone we can pass that along to. Yeah. So imitating is going to be a big theme this week. Let's pay attention to it as we're reading. Yeah. All right. Any final words for our growing audience by thousands every week, I think? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm sure with my mom, that was probably doubled, tripled the audience. I would imagine. Yeah. I I think your mom's going to share this with everyone she knows. All right. This is Thomas and John signing off from the weekly. We are so thankful for you. We love you. If we can be praying for you, go to calvarybible.com. Fill out one of those prayer requests. Um, Our staff and our elders pray for that every single week. If you're in a season of need and you think we could come alongside you and help, uh, please let us know. Send the weekly at calvarybible.com a note or reach out to the front office or click that help button online. We just want to journey with you through life together. Um, This is not an individual race, but an activity that we do in community. Love you. And we look forward to being together very soon. See ya.